open your Bibles to Luke chapter 6. I'm going to read a quick passage. I'm going to talk very fast to you. Because I want to go to eat an ice cream sundae. Okay? Also, those little half sheets of paper are on your seats. Grab those. Bring it home because it has your packing list, all the details you need. If you forget, or for updates, go to our Insta, or just go to reallifechurch.com slash UDcamp, and you can find all the information there. Luke 6 for 5. I'm going to read it very fast. When Jesus looked up and he saw a great cloud, crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, where are we going to buy all the bread for these people to eat? And he said, I... This only to test him for he already had in mind what he was going to do because God knows what he's going to do. Wow, that right there, he already had in mind what he's going to do. Sometimes God, sometimes God asks us a question knowing that he already has the answer, but he wants to see if we have enough faith to see him do what he already has planned to do. That's good right there. I know I'm the only one who got anything out of it, but it's cool. It's really good. Philip answered him, it'd take more than a year uh, or than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each of the ones to have a bite. There's about 5,000 people. Some believe actually 10, 12,000 people because it says here 5,000 men. We don't really know. We just know there was a lot of people there and not a lot of food. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Hey, there's, a, there's, this, like, there's this kid and he's, he's got a small loaf or t- five small loaves and and two small fish, but that's not really going to go that far. And Jesus said, have the people sit down. There's plenty of grass here. And so they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. And he did the same with the fish. And when they'd all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over and let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. And my, my thought tonight, you can write it down, is little big prayers. Little big prayers, or if you want another title, it's clarifying questions. I don't know if you've ever had something in your hand, but you forgot it was there. Like, has anyone ever had something in their pocket or in their hand? And they're like, has anyone ever seen, has anyone seen my keys? And you have them in your hand. A couple years ago, I'm here by myself, by myself, and I'm walking around the building trying to lock up after Wednesday night. I'm looking everywhere for my keys. I've called Noel. I've texted people. Did you have my keys? So-and-so borrowed my keys. I'm trying to find them everywhere. I'm combing the place. Eventually, I walk out this door, and I get locked out. And so I call Tom Chase. He's our security guy. And as he's pulling in, suddenly I look in my hand, and my keys had been in my hand the entire time. Has that ever happened to you? Of course it hasn't. That's the worst. <laughs> it's, it was really frustrating. It was like I had my keys the whole time. And it's interesting, as we gear up for camp We're asking, we're seeking, and we're hoping, and we're looking, and we're wondering. And I would wonder, and here's what I would say, is that maybe tonight what we're asking for, just like it was in my hand, what we are asking God for is already done. What you are hoping that God could maybe do in your life 
or in your heart or through your life or what you would hope that God would change or whatever. And I'm not talking about carnal things like, God, I want a better car because I don't like mine anymore. I'm not talking about that. But when you think about your life and your purpose and your soul and your, your hopes and your dreams and your belief about yourself and what God says about you and what he could do in your future or through you, or what you've, you've felt seed thoughts. I've talked to people even this week of, I believe that God's called me to do something this year in school and not just allow my faith to be something that is passive but is intentional. And I've talked to people about that and they believe that. But what we do sometimes is we ask God for it, hoping that something magical happens. And God's saying to us, it's already done. It's already done. There's one other scripture I want to read that I think will give us context for this. And it's Jesus. He's saying, when you talk to God, when you pray, he says this in Matthew 6, 9, and 10. He says, when you pray... Here's how you should pray. Here's what you should ask God for. And he goes through these things and he says that your kingdom would come, talking to the Father, that your kingdom come and your will be done. What does he say then? If you know it, say it. Your will be done on? Let's do it one more time. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on? On earth as it is in heaven. And this is interesting if you really think about it, that when we pray, we're asking that God would bring a reality that already is and layer it on top of ours. Because the way that we see life is like start to finish. It's linear. It's from one place to the next, right? We're continuing on and we hope to reach a destination. But in eternity, it's not so much linear as it is just it is. It's existence. And there's a kingdom reality beyond this linear reality that already is, always will be, always has been. We can't even use modern terms to describe it because it is outside of our finite understanding. And so what Jesus was saying is that there's a reality beyond this one that already has the, the fulfillment and the extent of what you would hope for, it's already been done there. So when you talk to God, ask him to do what he's already done, but bring it here to this reality. So what I'm here to say to you is whether it be uh, something in your heart or that you've been hoping for or wishing for or dreaming for, or you believe that God planted a seed in your heart, I want to tell you that it's already been done in heaven. And so when we ask God to do something, we're saying, God, I know it's possible because I know that it has already been done. So what I want to see is that you would bring that reality down here. That your kingdom would come and your will would be done on earth as it already is in heaven. His purpose, it's already in you. His plan, it's already been rolling. Your gift, the talents, the purpose in your life, guess what? It's already in you. And in fact, there's nothing you can do in this reality to change that. Because we know that scripture says that the giftings and the callings of God 
come without repentance, meaning whether or not you believe in God does not change the fact that God believes in you and put in you from eternity's past into this reality things that cannot be changed. So if God gifted you to do it, guess what? You didn't disqualify yourself. You can't do anything to change the fact that God is still real and he still spoke over your life things that will happen according to his will in eternity. But what we're saying is, God, I want to see your will there become a reality here. Because I don't want to just wait until heaven to see heaven come. I don't think God's intent was simply to get us there. I think God's intent was to get there here. Otherwise, he wouldn't have created us here. We would have just been there. But God cares about here. He cares about now. And he cares about your school year. And he cares about your mom and dad. And he cares about your friends. And he cares about your desires. And he cares about your struggles. And so what he's saying is, if you'll ask me, I'll help you to see that there's a reality beyond here that could come here. But oftentimes, we want to get there. But God's saying, I'm not trying to get you here. I'm trying to get you there. Are you tracking with me? So what we want to ask God for is that he would bring there to here. His provision, his calling, answers to prayer, guess what? It's available. It is not some mystery. It is not something that we attain. Yes, I believe that there is an eternity beyond here. And that when we believe in Jesus, not only do we get to experience life here, but there is a life to come that no matter what suffering we experience here, that there is still better to come. I believe that for eternity. And I'm so excited, but I'm not, you know, shaking in my boots, just wishing it was done. Because I don't think that there's purpose in that. I believe that there's purpose when we see God's reality there come to here. So the question is, does not, it's not, does, does God want it? Can God do it? The question is, will we dig deeper and ask what I would call the clarifying questions to see what we say that we want to see? Because this is where the catalyst is, is when we, get, when we dig deeper. What does God say? He says, if you seek me, you'll find me. Then he clarifies it, if you seek me with all your heart. As if to say that, hey, I've made it easy to be found but I want you to seek me. And there might be some times where you gotta dig through some surface layer stuff so you can get down to the nitty gritty and really get what you're looking for. And I would say to you, as you go to camp, and I know there's some of you not going to camp, but guess what? This isn't just camp, this is life of following Jesus. That if you want to see results in your life, it is not only real, it's available to you. You're not different than anybody else. You are the same in that God has purposed you in your life and he has greater things ahead for you and it's already done in eternity and you have the ability to see that eternity come here. So it's not just for camp, but specifically to camp. If you'll ask God and you'll dig deeper and you'll distance yourself maybe from a few friends, at least for a couple songs, that maybe in those moments, God could say, finally, I can get you where I want you so I can say what I've been waiting to say, but you've been so busy and so cluttered and so tired and so stuck on this thing. But I, I, I've, I've had something, I'm, man, I've been saying it actually. 
and I, I've just been waiting for you to get it. And like the other day, I was, Hayden was watching Elena of Avalor. Great show. New episodes have been really life to us because uh, we were tired of rewatching the same ones. But um, it's a great show. Uh, and so uh, she was watching it, and sometimes in the morning, like we don't try and watch too much TV, but sometimes in the morning, it's easier for us, to be honest, um, it, to just, hey, we're going to watch one show. You can eat your applesauce and watch the show, and then after that, we'll go play and do whatever. And so she's watching the show, and I was trying to get her attention for something. I don't remember what it was, maybe eating her food. I was like, Hayden. And I, and I literally got close to her. I was like, Hayden. And she's just watching the show. I was like, okay, this is, this is not good. I don't want to train her for this. So I had to turn off the TV. I was like, Hayden. And then she finally heard, yeah. And I was able to say to her what I needed to say to her. And here's what God's saying. Is if you'll tune out the stuff and push it away, dig a little bit deeper, listen a little more intently, ask, seek, knock, make available to God what you have, then you'll be able to see that reality there become reality here. Healing, here. Provision, here. Opportunity, here. Lifelong friends, here. Favor, here. God doing something deep in your heart that works its way out, here. Friends, it is not meant to be something that we see in the future. It is meant to be something that we bring from the future to right here. Do you believe it tonight? And here's the clarifying questions. I want to give you five questions to write down. I'm not even getting to the text that I read. It's this. Number one question. I want you to write these down. I want you to think about them as we go to camp. I want you to think about them as we go to fall. Okay? If you're not going to camp, I don't want to raise your hand. I don't want you to raise your hand. I don't want you to feel bad. If there's a money thing, though, sign up tonight. We, we have like two, three beds available. So we'll get you in. We'll make it work. It's going to happen. And it's going to be life-changing. But Here's the five questions. In other words, just talk to us. Talk to Michaela, okay? Number one, God, what do I have? God, what do I have? And I think sometimes you need to identify what it is you have, okay? The five loaves and two fish. If the boy was in automatic zone mode, he might not have even realized, oh, wait, 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 I got some. He knew exactly what he had. And he wasn't fooling himself as to what he didn't have or thinking that he had more than what he had. He just knew what he had. That's where you start. Identify what you have because when you know it, that's what God can use. God doesn't want to use what's not in your hand. He wants to use what is in your hand. Your skill, your gifting, your friendships, your family, your lack, whatever you've got, it is in your hand. This is why we sometimes have you hold out your hands like this as if to signify there is something in my hand. And when I look at what's in my hand, I'm not focused on what's not in my hand. I'm simply focused on what is in my hand. And when you know what is in your hand, you know what God can use. You're not trying to get God to use what's not in your hand. You're trying to get him to use what is in your hand. And when you know what is in your hand, then you know what God can use. What's in your hand? Your team, your friendships, the stuff that you do have. Not your lack, what you do have. When you know this, you can ask number two, God, can you use what I have? The answer is yes. God, can you use what I have? I may not have much, but I got some bread and, and fish. I'm not much of a seafood guy, but, you know, whatever. 
Number three, God, can you give me more? And this is not a selfish, carnal thing, friends. Do not think that is what it is here. I would maybe say it this way. God, can you make what I have become more than what I have if I'm faithful with what I do have? God, can you, can you give me more? If you're thinking about your career and your future and thinking that it's all about money, then you're limited because it's about so much more. It's actually small thinking to think that you're trying to get rich. But if you think, God, how can you use me in purpose? How can you use me to bring life around the world? God will say, I want to give you so much that you can't even handle it because I'm into giving things to people that will use it for my purposes. If you're asking for money, you're asking for something too small. Anyways, that's a side note. Number four, God, what do you want me to do now? The boy, what did he do? He gave his lunch. Another way to say it is, God, what's my next step? Many of you, you, you'll get stuff at camp, and then the next question is, okay, what do I do now? Okay, I want to start a club. Okay, how do I plan this? Who do I sit down with? How can I, how can I get the right people around me to, to make this happen, not just be a, an idea, but a reality? And number five is this, God, who are you bringing alongside me? God, who can you bring that what you want to do might be accomplished through me and through those around me? We, we use the phrase all the time. I didn't make it up. Jeannie Mayo, I think, did back in the 90s. She said, show me your friends and I'll show you, my, show you your future. I believe this wholeheartedly. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Look at where your friends are going. If they are your friends, your primary friends, and I'm not saying that you need to abandon people, go listen to our podcast from five, six weeks ago and you'll get what I mean. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. In other words, you want to see God do things in and around you, get the right people that are going to help you see that happen. You want to reach your friends, then start getting some people who you say, we're not doing this by ourselves. I'm not doing this club by myself. I'm not staying clean on this by myself. I'm not avoiding that lifestyle anymore by myself. I'm not pursuing God by myself. We can't do this on our own, can we? 2 Timothy 2.22, I'm not going to have the band up, I'm going to close right here. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, flee the evil desires of youth. But then he says this, pursue righteousness, peace, and joy, I believe it is. And, but then this is the best part of it. Along with those who also call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. What you're running from matters. What you're running towards matters more. Who you're doing it for matters a ton, God. But the most important thing I think in that passage is who's around you to help you do it. Because if you're not careful, you will want the right things, but everybody around you wants the wrong things. And guess what? The momentum will pull you in the direction that you say you don't even want to go. I've seen so many people with good intentions want to go that way. God's actually spoken for them, spoken to them, called a kingdom eternal reality to come down to earth, said it's available to you. But all of these people, they see it, they want it, they start walking towards it, but then they surround themselves with people going the opposite direction. Does God hate them? No. Does God love them? Yes. Does God have the same kind of purpose for their life? Absolutely. And the best way to have them see it is for you to go and do it. Stop wasting your time with people who aren't going there. Because all you're going to do is help them to see that it's okay for them to not go anywhere. You want to see your friends come to know God and follow purpose and see life be awesome? 
then you go make life be awesome by following God and not wasting your time trying, trying to please them and trying to be everything to them. I'm going to go to the party because, you know, um, I, I, I want to reach my friends. Whatever. No, you don't. You're saying you want one thing, but you're allowing the people around you. So here's what I'm, here's what I'm trying to say. Identify what you've got. Know that God can use what you've got. Know that God can make it more. So if it's small now, it's not going to stay small if you're faithful. Know that God has a next step for you and finally get the right people around you. If we can do those things, not only will camp be awesome this year, but God is going to revolutionize the individuals and the collective group of this people right here to see more accomplished than we've ever seen thus far. Because God is into bringing the kingdom reality to right here. Amen? Come on, do you believe that tonight? Hey, would you stand up? Stand up with me. Come on, stand up. I want you to join hands across the aisles. Everybody, we're going to pray. We're going to pray right now. We're going to believe that God is going to do what only God can do. Hey, we did this before. Hey, hey, give me, give me 10 more seconds, okay? Okay, 20. Okay, give, give me just a second. Okay, listen, listen, listen. We did this before. It's very, I think there's something, collect, there's something special about being in a collective group that um, it pulls out of you something that stirs your faith. And so what I like to do, and this is not a, um, this isn't a stylistic thing so much as it, I think there's something when you hear other people then we're all going in a direction that, that God just does something in your faith and he just stirs it. It's like you got, you got a warm, lukewarm soup that's been sitting on the pot. This is going to turn on the burner and it's going to stir it. And it's going to get good and the stew is going to taste good even though it's curdled a little bit, okay? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to stir the pot right now. We're going to believe that God's going to do at camp and beyond camp what only God can do as we believe him for it, okay? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take 20 seconds, 20 seconds, and I want you to pray out loud and ask God to see him do what only he can do as you have faith for it. So, hey, the louder you get doesn't change anything up there, but sometimes it does change something here. I used to be so passive about what I wanted to see God do in my life, I would keep it inside and just say it's my personality. But something happened. I remember the first time I ever lifted both hands to heaven in worship did something in me. I remember the first time I prayed out loud did something in me. It will do something in your heart. I believe it. Now, you don't have to. This isn't a have to thing. This is an opportunity for us to get one heartbeat going into camp believing that God's going to do what only he can do. So I want to take 20 seconds on the count of three. And I just want you to pray out loud. Loud enough for the person next to hear you. If everyone does that, no one's going to hear anybody. But God's going to hear it and God's going to do amazing things. So one, two, three. Come on, let's just begin to pray and ask God to do what only God can do. Come on, for this fall, that God would stir our hearts. Come on, for this fall, that Tahoma High School and Kentwood High School and Kent Lake High School and Auburn Mountain View High School and Tahoma Middle School, that God could do something in those places, that it only takes some people who have a little enough faith to say God can do some incredible things. Come on, 10 more seconds. God, we pray that every person here that is running from you, that you'd catch them, that you'd reel them in, that you would run after them, say, I love you, I believe in you, I've got things for you. Five more seconds. Come on, let's just stir our faith. Five more seconds. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. God, we thank you right now in advance for what you're about to do. It's not us. We're simply opening our eyes to see what you've already made real. And we believe it. And everybody who believed it said. Come on, everyone said. Awesome. Come on, are you ready for camp? All right, go get some ice cream.